Welcome to the Breakfast with Champions podcast, where every day we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration to help you reach your full potential. You can check us out at bwcdaily.com. On this show, we feature celebrity interviews as well as experts and leaders in fields like business, marketing, sales, branding, and mindset. Our goal is to give you a seat at the table to listen in on conversations with some of the most amazing people around the world, people who are doing the things you know you can do and reaching the levels you know you can reach. So get ready to be motivated and inspired and grab your seat at the table for the Breakfast with Champions podcast. And don't forget to check us out at bwcdaily.com. Today, what I'm going to talk to you about are five mistakes. These are going to be the, the top the top five mistakes that salespeople make when when selling or, or attempting to sell or solve problems or whatever you want to call it. These are the five top mistakes. So, by the way, my name's David Hill. I'm a 40-year salesperson. I've spent my last 20 years in the real estate space. I help salespeople close more sales, make more money, and live better lives with their families and for their families. And when I say with their families, because we help people find time as well. Like, because I know a lot of salespeople that, man, they work some ridiculous hours. So we can help with that as well. So the five mistakes we're going to talk about today is the first one is actually being sold. And when I talk about being sold, what I'm talking about is being sold on three things. Okay, I want you guys to write this down. I think today, you know, today's a great day to be taking notes. Because when you take notes, you're going to retain this stuff. And, and some of this, it may not even click now, but when you write it down and then later on you may see it on the padding, you'll be like, oh, wow, and then it's going to click for you. So number one is not being sold. And when I say not being sold, there's three things that you need to be sold on. Okay, I'm going to encourage you, really, write this down. Number one is going to be yourself. All right, and you'll be like, what does that mean? So number one, you're going to be sold on yourself. Number two, you're going to be sold on your product, like what it is that you're selling. And I mean, this is, this is literally part of a three-day workshop, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go super quick. and yeah, I'm not, We're not going to go super deep on everything, but I want you to understand the concept behind it. And the third one is going to be sold on your product, like what it is that you're selling. So number one is you. Now, what, is it, what does that mean? Like, am I sold on myself? Like, what, is some, what are some things that you do or you've done, you know, as a, as a salesperson? Like, when you're, you're coming to meet with somebody or you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're pitching or whatever you want to call it, and, and just this little bit of, like, I, and that's why I love what Steve always talks about with uncertainty or certainty, there's this little tiny bit of uncertainty there. And you may not even realize it, right? But I mean, you just know a little something's off. And then the person sitting on the other side, they feel it too. Like they know, they're, they're not really sure. And what happens is they're like, you know, I, I, I really liked like that guy. Like everything seemed all right. But it was just, I, you know, I just had this feeling. Like when somebody says that, right? Like, like yeah, it was just like this feeling or something meaning there was something that was uncertain, right? Like the person just wasn't 100% sold on themselves. Maybe they didn't think they were really 
the best. Maybe they showed up and like, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of too young for this, or, or I don't have enough experience, or, or I'm too, whatever it is, or I'm too old, or, you know, I just haven't, haven't done enough for this. You know, you get that little tiny bit of uncertainty. You're just not sold. You're not sold on yourself. You don't believe that you are the best solution. And I know because I have people that call me all the time. And you know when, this, you know when I know? Like, like I, I, I love when salespeople call me because I'm a salesperson. I've been a salesperson my whole life. It's all I know. And when good salespeople call me, man, I, I want to I talk to them. I want to I I connect with them. I, I want to be sold. Like, I actually want to be sold. And I don't buy everything, trust me. I don't buy everything because some things it doesn't make sense for me to buy. It's not practical. But I want to still let them sell me. And to me, it's exciting. And, and I can tell who's confident and who's not because when you throw an objection, like next time a salesperson calls you, don't just hang up on them. Have a conversation with them. Throw them a couple objections and see how they do. You're going to see who's sold on themselves, right? When you throw someone an objection and, oh, oh well, yeah, and, and okay, yeah, I'll call you back. So then the second one, right, the second one is being sold on your company. Sold on your company. Like, I was in the real estate space the last 20 years of my life. I talk I've spoke. I, I was a, a recruiter for Keller Williams Realty. They hired me. My last two years at Keller, I don't know if a lot of you guys may not even know this, my last two years at Keller Williams, I ran three Keller Williams offices, and my, my primary role was recruiting real estate agents, which, by the way, was probably the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Because <laughs> it's easier to call cold call telephone books than recruit real estate agents. But anyway, I, I did that for two years. We did good at it. I had a team. We, we brought in over 200 agents in two years. We did really, really good. Okay. I would sit down with people and they would say, you know what? I'm just not really, you know, I don't know if I love my company, but, you know, I, my, I love my broker. My broker's such a good guy. And, you know, it's, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I know I should move, but, you know, I just like, I like the people at my office and, and, and my broker's a good guy. So I'm just going to stay. So here's the problem with that. Now you're meeting with somebody and they're comparing you, right? They're comparing you to another broker they met with. And, 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 and they're like, well, why should I go with you? And, you're, and you don't really, you can't really give a real compelling reason as to why they should go with you because you don't even believe your company is the best company. But because you can't say to them, well, I, I, my broker's a really good guy. That's why you should go with me. So again, it comes back down to that word again I said at the beginning uncertainty. Like if you don't believe you're at the best real estate company, or whatever you do, I'm using real estate as an example, but if you don't believe the company you're at is the best, then go to the company that you believe is the best, right? If you don't believe you are the best fit, like I, like I truly believe if somebody doesn't work with me, they're putting themselves at a disservice. Like I believe if, if I, when I'm selling real estate or I'm coaching, whatever I'm doing, okay, I, I, I believe that I am the best. I don't care... If, if it, does, it doesn't really matter to me. Other, I hope everybody does. Like I hope every real estate coach believes they're the best because if they don't, then something's wrong. Okay, so number one, you need to be sold on your company. Number three, I'm sorry, number one is you. Number two is your company, is your product. And number three is, is, is your company. I think I said the order wrong. Okay, 
the order doesn't really matter, but what I've talked about so far is number one and number two is the company and number three is your product. So what is it that you're selling? How clear are you on your product? Are you so clear that you understand at depth the problems that your product solves for the person? Like, and here's the good news with this stuff that I'm sharing with you. This can all be fixed fairly easy. This isn't really complicated. You just need to spend some time figuring it out, figuring this stuff out. Like, okay, like, what is it about me that I bring to the table? Like, what are some of the skills that I have? What are some of the things from my past experience or my experience that, that make me the best? Because, again, I'm, I'm just letting you know this. This is not about an ego thing. This is not about being an egotistical or, or, or thinking you're better than anybody else. It's about being sold on yourself. So I want you to be sold on yourself, your product, and your company. Okay, and your product, know everything about your product. Man, I, you, need to know, you need to know about your, your competitor's product. You need to know how it serves the client. You need to know where it stacks up. You need to know if there's deficiencies. Everything. You need to know everything about your product. And you need to know all the objections, right? Like, you know, you should know. Whatever you're selling, this is a sales conversation. The biggest challenge with sales is objections, Right? And half the objections people are giving you is just because they have their own insecurities and their own uncertainty. Right? They want to buy things, but they can't even buy it because they're uncertain themselves. So they throw you objections and then you get hung up on the objections. I know this sounds nuts. I know. I get it. I'm with you. Okay, number two. They make it about themselves. Whew. I was on a call yesterday with someone, as a matter of fact. I started this new thing now with my one-on-one my -on -one coaching clients. So every client I work with, if you're working with me, <laughs> at least at this point in my life, you are, you are making outbound calls. Like you're reaching out to people. You're being proactive, whether you're using a phone or you're using social media or whatever it is. And so... This is this guy's really good guy. I and, and if, so what I've been doing is helping people, saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm on retainer, so you know you 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 have somebody. You, maybe you're stuck. Let's jump on a call together." Um, I'll either I literally call, like yesterday. I literally called somebody for someone, like as their manager. Okay, like legit called a person. And here's the interesting thing about it is when as he was making. He was calling. He spoke with this lady three times. He spoke with this lady three times over a, a uh, about a 30-day period, and he couldn't get the appointment. And, and, he, and, and, and so he called. I listened. And, you know, he sounded good. He's a good guy. He's, he's, you can tell he really wants to, to help. You know, he comes, he comes from a place of, like, yeah, man, I, I just, I just really want to, I want to help people. I'm super nice. I want to be super nice to people. But you know, you could just, you could just tell. Like he, 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 there was this whole like, I need to get this appointment. Like, like my coach is listening, and and I and I have to get one appointment this week. Otherwise, I'm going to fall behind on my goals, and I'm going to get in trouble. And and and. And all this stuff, like it was there, like you could tell in his voice, it was like this desperation thing going on. 
and then I apologized. I took I took responsibility, and I said, "Man, listen, dude, I I don't, I, man, I, I'm sorry that you know you feel like that because you know I I'm giving you accountability because I want you to hit your goals, not not so you come across as you know being needy and desperate." And then the challenge with that is, you know, when you only have one prospect or two prospects, that can happen. That's what can happen. So what you so what you need to do is no matter what, you figure out how to transition that and make it about the other person. Right? Sales, like if I'm if it's about me, then how does that help someone else? If, if it's about me having to make my car payment or, or, or needing to get a sale because my coach is going to come down on me, man, that doesn't insp- that's not going to help you. That's not going to help the other person. You got to figure out how to make it about the other person. And how do you do that? Is you ask great questions, right? You dig deep, right? You, you're present. You listen. I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, I, man, I had a coach. His name was Matt Teeter. Matt Teeter pushed me. Man, this guy pushed me so much, more than I believed. I, like, I, to, to, he, he inspired me because he, he made me do things that I did not believe were possible because of how much he pushed me. Okay, so I, I, for me, I, I, that worked. That was great. It was, tr- it was a tremendous experience. I was with him for two years of my life. And he pushed me. But what he did was he also pushed me to become better. He pushed me to learn my craft more, to practice, to practice my, my, my dialogue, to understand my market, to research, to do all that stuff. So that when I was getting in touch with people, it wasn't about me getting a sale, but no, me providing information and me serving them and solving problems for them. So it was about, the, even though I had, like, I, I had massive accountability, like, cause I knew Matt, Matt was a pain in the friggin' butt. And he, he literally said, if you don't miss your goal, I, I mean, if you miss your goal, I'm not your coach. Like, that's the way he, he was like a drill sergeant. So he pushed me. But that didn't, that's not, that, that didn't affect the way I approached the people I was speaking with. Because I, I prepared, I practiced. Okay, next one is not willing to fact find. This, and this one kind of leads right into that one, right? Like how many, here's another example. You call someone up and, you know, real, I, I use a lot of real estate examples because that's where I spent the last 20 years, right? Calling people up. They're trying to sell a house themselves, and they tell you, well, we're selling because we want to move to Florida. Oh, wow, that's nice. You, sound, you seem like you're older. Um, Florida's a nice place. Guessing you're going down there to get away from you know, the winter. Yep, that's it. Okay, great. Now you're done. You feel like you just fact-finded or fact-found, right? Like you have all the facts now. Because they told you, you know, you, you assume they're a senior, they're moving to Florida because that's what seniors do. They want to get to the warm weather and you have all the information you need. 
And this happens for a couple reasons. One is because, in, and I was, this was me before, by the way. This was me. I didn't feel comfortable asking deep questions. I thought, oh, man, I'm going to get super personal with this person, and they're not going to like that. And, and it's, it was uncomfortable for me. Yeah. So I felt like if it's uncomfortable for me, then it's uncomfortable for them. See, I'm judgmental because I feel like if I feel this way, then everybody feels this way. So, so that's what, you know, so I'm, I'm judging. I'm like, well, I don't feel comfortable with it. So, and here's what I learned over the years. This is, this is so cool for you fellow salespeople out there. I've had people say, wow, dude, thank you for asking me <laughs> these deep questions because now I feel more certain I go back to Steve's word, because I feel more certain or I feel more confident about the situation. Like I've helped them self-discover more so they can make the right decision for themselves. But, but how about the salesperson that says, well, you know, I don't feel comfortable asking personal questions. But yet you're going to go waste, you know, hours and hours of your time and and everything else, and never really know what the person's issues are, and not be able to solve their problems, and ultimately not help them, and ultimately waste their time because you don't want to ask hard, tough questions to figure out what's really going on with people. You know, real example, people, you know, older couple, they were moving to Florida, kept asking harder questions, tougher questions. I could tell the husband was getting like, listen, dude, Enough with the questions. Like, let's just get this house sold. And I said, well, I, I get it. Ask one more question. So, well, let me ask you this. Why, like, how are you going to feel? Like, I, I, I'm with you. I'm gonna, we're, gonna, we're, done, we're, we're almost done. But I'm just curious. How are you going to feel when you do get to Florida and, 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 and you're away from the snow? And the wife says, oh, my God, I'm going to feel amazing. Because, because John had a mild heart attack last year shoveling snow. And John looked at his wife like he was going to kill her. Maybe because he was embarrassed, because he was a proud guy. But now, now I know why they're really moving to Florida. Because they didn't really want to sell the building they lived in for 35 years of their life and had all the pride of ownership and loved the property. And, and they didn't really want to sell it. They didn't want to move. But, but, but the wife, Sue, was terrified that you know if they stayed here another winter... Stubborn John would, would shovel snow and potentially die of a heart attack. So two and a half months later now, the house hasn't sold yet. And we get an offer that makes absolute sense. And they're being stubborn. Oh, my God, we're not taking anything less than asking price. We refuse it. Like, uh, let, we're just going to take the house off the market and stay. And we're stuck. Bye. And I'm like, man, this doesn't make sense. Let me know when you're this taking is, off This makes no sense. We're $20,000 off of asking full price offer, and they don't want to budge. So I went in my, with Lisa, my old assistant. We're looking at my notes, and I see the little note that I wrote when I met with them that said, you know, what, what the real motivation was that she was scared. John was going to shovel snow and have a heart attack. So all I had to do was call and, and we had the offer, and I, and I, and I just said, listen, we don't, you, don't, you don't have to take this offer if you don't want to. What, what I would do is, 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 personally, is I would counter 
and, and, and we've had no other offers. So this, again, this wasn't about me. I'm going back to the next step. This was about them, not me. But then I just reminded her. I says, listen, you, I mean, you can, you can, we've had no other offers. You, can, you don't have to take this if you don't want to. But I just want to remind you that winter's coming. In a couple months, the snow's going to be here. And you mentioned you didn't want John shoveling snow. And then I get to pause, just like that. And she says, uh, let me call you back. She calls me back in like two minutes. Says, do you think they'll split it with us? We split the deal. Got, the, got it done for him. Got the house moved. Got him to Florida. Why? Because I was willing to ask hard questions and figure out what was really happening. All right, the next one, because we were at 722. Not closing. Man, any, besides me, anybody, <laughs> I've done, when, I was, when I was newer in sales, man, I wasn't even sure how to close sometimes. I felt awkward. Like I would expect somehow the other person's going to ask me, like, okay, I'm ready to get started. Where do I sign? I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure. You know, I was uncertain. Back to Steve's word again. You know, not closing. Like, I'm sure some of you have experienced it. Maybe you've done it. You know, you're meeting with a salesperson. and They never even ask for the sale. They come over. Man, I remember when I was selling real estate, high level. We were selling about 120 houses a year on my team. And, and, uh, and there were agents in my office, tons of them, they... They did what was this, this called this uh, two-step listing appointment. I was always like, why do you do a two-step listing? Well, because I want to just go get information and meet with the person and build rapport. And I'm like, okay, that's great. That's cool. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, even I had to do that sometimes because, you know, you got to know, know where you're at. Sometimes people aren't ready. But, I, but the challenge is you go into it. You're going into it, right? Because here's the reality. Probably 70% of the people you're meeting with are ready to do something now. But you're not even asking. And here's what you don't realize by not asking. They're losing confidence in you. Like they're losing confidence because you're the salesperson. You're sitting in front of them and, and you're not even asking for the sale. And you think you're being nice and not pushy. And they're like, wow, um, you know what? That's kind of interesting. Like, I just met with a salesperson. They didn't even ask me to buy, and, and they want me to you know, hire them to either teach me to sell or... Man. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a, a girl yesterday on the phone, and, I, and uh, she's like, well, let me, let me look at... She goes, you know what? Send me some information, and I'll look through it, and, uh, and, then, and then we can talk again. And I says, I can definitely send you some information. I says, but you know what? Here's what I, here's what I know. And, I, and you know this too, right? She goes, I go, I bet a lot of people tell you, send, send me some information. I'll look at it. And then they don't even ever return your calls again, right? And she started laughing. <laughs> she, why? Because she knew. She knew exactly what I was talking about. And you know what the other thing it did? Is, and I, and is, it, is it turned it into an authentic conversation. I said, so I don't want to just send you information and you not return my calls. Okay, that, that's not going to help either of us. 
tell me, tell me like what, what, if I'm going to send you something, what can I send you that's really going to solve a problem for you? So not closing. All right. And then the final one is follow-up. Just not having a follow-up process. You know, no follow-up process. It's one of the biggest challenges because it's, it's a fact. It takes 5 to 12. You know, Grant, I'm a, I'm a licensee with Grant in uh, Elite Coach. It takes 5 to 12 contacts before you can close somebody. 5 to 12. But I don't know if you guys know this. The average salesperson it only calls, like, I think the, num- the numbers are like once. Excuse me. The, the, as a matter of fact, I believe it's four. Like, if if the the average salesperson like will call four, I think it's forty eight percent. Meaning that if somebody calls you or if you call somebody, only less than half of salespeople will ever call more than once. Less than half, but yet it takes five to 12 attempts. Another huge gap. Another massive gap. So that's it. There's your five mistakes. Right? Number one, not being sold on yourself. Number two, making things about you. And it is crazy. It sounds, it sounds kind of crazy when you're not even sold on yourself, but then you're still making it about you. It's like, wow, it's like kind of basket case in a way, right? You're not sold on yourself, but yet you make it all about you. Why? Because you need to be paid. You need a commission. You need to pay your bills. Man, you need to, you need, you need to keep, keep your coach happy. Well, it's not about that. You need to make it about them, right? Not willing to ask hard questions. Not willing to fact find. Number three, not closing, right? Man, just close. People want to be closed. People want certainty. People want certainty. You know, those, those, and, and finally, no follow-up process. Not having a follow-up process. Like, you, just remember this. Just remember it takes 5 to 12 times. Here's what Grant says. If you're not going to call at least 5 times, don't even bother calling. Like, don't even call once. It takes at least 5 to 12. So... I appreciate, you know, I appreciate Christina uh, always, you know, posting my link in here. Webinar. Actually, go deep on on all of these. It's a forty-five minute webinar. It's free. You can you can get that if you want. You can join the webinar. There's a three-day workshop coming up, January 10th through 12th, for people that really want to take it to the next level. Like, I mean, really take it to the next level. You know, we just, had, we just had a workshop a couple weeks ago. Somebody left the workshop, went out there, contacted a, a $1.1 million seller, went out there and got the business, right? They invested in themselves and then confidently went and approached someone and got the business. Uh, there's also my podcast. If you guys want to subscribe, listen to the podcast. Um, there's the replay from the workshop. A lot of really good stuff there. If you're in real estate, we've got our school for realtors training. We have a huddle Monday through Friday. 
Five days a week, we huddle, we get together, we support each other, we get an awesome community. There's some really cool stuff happening up there, right? You can check out my interview with Gary Brecker. It's just a lot of good stuff happening, you know? So with that, I appreciate you guys listening to me. Happy birthday, Mr. Glenn Lundy. I don't think Glenn's in the room anymore, but happy birthday. I heard a, I heard a mic. Uh, but I... I just want to wish everybody, um, uh, you know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever holiday it is that you celebrate. I hope it's awesome for you. You know, it's uh, it's it's a cool time of year. You know, it's a time of year. It's probably the only time of year I actually relax a little bit. Next week, I'll take some time and relax. Besides being on vacation, so you know, sales is important. though. you know, and don't like. Here's the last the last mistake. Like, don't don't feel like like this is a bonus. There's nothing wrong with being a salesperson as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're sleazy and you're trying to get over on somebody and you're trying to help buy, you know, make somebody buy something that's not going to serve them and it doesn't solve a problem, then yeah, that's a problem. Otherwise, be grateful. You know? Be grateful that you're selling things that you can go out and you can help people and you can solve problems. That's how I look at sales. I look at it as a way for me to solve problems and help more people so with that i just want to say thank you guys i hope you have a fantastic rest of your day happy holidays merry christmas to everybody and have a tremendous tuesday